We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters this inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him, and Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Then also king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now the law requires the descendants of Levi who become priests to collect a tenth from the people, that is from their own fellow Israelites, even though they also are descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi, yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. And without doubt, the lesser is blessed by the greater. In the one case, the tenth is collected by people who die, but in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. One might even say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham, because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come? One in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. For when the priesthood is changed, the law must also be changed. He of whom these things are said belonged to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one whom has become a priest not on the basis of a regulation as his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. For it is declared, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect. And a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. Good morning and welcome. It's great to have you with us here at home. Um, we're in our little prayer room and so it's wonderful to have you joining us. Uh, we, uh, Rob and I have felt over the last couple of weeks that we really wanted to do things a little bit differently. Mm. Um, so last week and today we are going to uh, look at chapter 6 and 7 mm-hmm. um, and we're going to look at them in a sort of conversation <coughs> style. Yeah. I think... Um, it was kind of fun last week, wasn't it? It was. It, yeah. I think it went okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Really, it's partly because we recognise how uh, meaty and how tough some of these passages mm. are. Um, and so we just wanted to take that opportunity, didn't we, to chat through it, ask the Spirit to come lead us and guide us, yeah. um, and to almost encourage conversation. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, and we're just, we're very aware that um, we don't have all the answers on some of these passages, um, but the Holy Spirit does. Um, mm-hmm. So um, as we begin, we're going to pray 
um, just invite him to come and to be in this conversation and to be with you as you look at this passage together. So as you open your Bibles to Hebrews 7, join us as we pray together, won't you? So Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have spoken through um, the writings in your scriptures. And especially as we look through Hebrews, we thank Mm -hmm. you for what you've shown us about your your wonderful son, Mm -hmm. Jesus. And Lord, we pray that you would now just uh, teach us and show Mm. us what you're saying and help us to understand. Um, Sanctify our thinking, Lord. Mm. Um, So we just, yeah, we invite your presence now. Amen. 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 Yeah, so there's some difficult passages that we've been looking at. um, And it's just... It's a good, um, it's really good to kind of just chew on them. Mm. Um, we've just read the passage earlier. Mm. Yeah. Um, and maybe a good place to start, Bon, is this Melchizedek guy. <laughs> Who is he? Who is, like, what do you make of this Melchizedek guy? What, what, yeah, you know? it's really interesting in reading some of the commentaries is that it's a little bit like if Hebrews hadn't mentioned Melchizedek, it probably, he would probably be a random figure in the right. Old Testament that nobody would take much notice yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he's only mentioned once, it's a, just a very short story, mm-hmm. um, and that sort of came up and was explained, you know, in the beginning of this reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's mentioned again in in the Psalms, mm-hmm. and then here in Hebrews. Right. And so, you know, in chapters five and six, um, he's just been mentioned, and mm-hmm. this is kind of the passage of, okay, who mm-hmm. is this guy? Mm-hmm. What, you know, what, what are we talking about? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, looking at the passage, you know, Melchizedek is the king of Salem and he's the priest of God Most High. So mm. he um, is both a king and a priest. Yeah. Um, now, in those times, that was kind of unheard of. To be both a king and a priest at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So God had kind of... You know, yeah. had the had the priestly yeah. line, um, and the king. Well, when kings came later, yeah, he had the you know. The, yeah, because it was one or the other, wasn't it? He it was like God was the king, and he was using the priests, or he was like, okay, I'm going to give you a king, mm. and those are two quite separate parts of Israel's history in some ways, aren't they? So you know, so as we are looking at Jesus, and and obviously you know, we're reminded that the writer in Hebrews is um, from what we can. Uh, understand because we don't know who the writer in Hebrews is, but he's writing to Jewish Christians. Yeah. That's what we understand in terms of what he's writing, and so their understanding of priest would have been, you know, the Levitical, so yeah. the line of Levi, um, and so the idea of a priest who didn't come from that would have been quite shocking mm. to them and for them, um, and so um, I guess you know there's there's that question of you know, so here is this priest, but he he hasn't come through all the right channels. Mm. Um, it, that was really interesting as we read through it, and I, I guess it what it kept coming into my brain was, well, why is he talking about this? You know, I mean, mm. he's obviously pointing to Jesus, but what do we, you know, what do we take away about Jesus from what he's being talking about in terms of the priests and being, mm. you know, a, a different kind of line of priests? Because they make a big deal of that, don't they? I yeah, thought it was really interesting <clears throat> that when we say they, the writer of <laughs> Hebrews, it takes a while to say, um, you know, makes a big deal that 
Jesus wasn't from the line of Aaron. He wasn't from the Levit- Levitical priesthood. Yeah. He was something separate. And and actually he I mean he takes that a little bit further where he talks about how because um in the story Abraham gives Melchizedek a tithe and he uses that analogy of you know giving a tenth or giving a tithe yeah. as a acknowledgement of being superior or mm. being greater than. And so because Abraham did that um and the way it's described is because the sort of the seed of Levi was yeah. within Abraham. Yeah. Um, it was like those priests and that line of even that line of Levi submitted mm. to this mm. line or this order of Melchizedek. Mm. And so, um, you know, we've already seen it in with a few other cases, whether it's with Moses or whoever, through the book of Hebrews so far, that the the, the writer is going you know, this is what we know, but Jesus is greater. Mm. This is what we had, but Jesus is greater. This, mm. but Jesus. And so again, this is, you know, um, this is another example of the writer going, you know, Jesus is a priest. Mm. He is a he is the greatest priest. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really, um, you know, one of the things I took away from some of that, I guess, discussion about the priest, priestly line is the way um, that, um, and I've got to find the verse, but the way that they link it to the law. Yes. And I thought that was really interesting because, I mean, what I took away from that was that the priest, um, the priest's role, the institution of the priesthood as a whole mm. was symbolic, if you like, or was an expression of the law itself. And so in some ways, um, by saying Jesus was... Better, um, I, I kind of don't like that word better. I think well, there's, there's almost a better word for it, like was um, the sort of maybe the fulfillment of or... Well, they use the word perfection, Yeah. but the root Com- word of perfection right? is complete. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's basically, um, it it's says here that the, oh yeah, it's, it's verse 11. It says if perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it, the law was given to the people. Mm. Why was there still a need for another priest to come in a different order, order of Melchizedek? Yeah, so that's it. So that, I think, really spoke to me in terms of um, the law. It's wonderful, mm. but it couldn't bring the completeness that was needed. Yeah. Um, and so what I took away from that conversation about priesthood was that Jesus actually not only is the, is the more complete priest, he's mm. the more complete law if you like he's more complete than what the law well, can do well you know we we do know the fact that the law couldn't uh, remove sin mm. so the law was there to kind of uh, illuminate yeah. sin and show yeah. us um sin and show us the sin that there was but it couldn't actually do anything about it and i think that's the i wonder if that's the perfection that yeah the um the writer is kind of saying is that Jesus actually can remove it and mm. in him it can be completely removed and you know there's all those pictures about when Jesus was crucified and the veil gets torn in the temple and that sort of priestly you know where only the priests were allowed to go mm. and mm. Jesus took that and kind of tore it and as a yeah. priest he was able to then bring us into go into the that place. place yeah yeah yeah, yeah. What do you think about, and we've talked a little bit about the priest, yes, the priesthood. So. There's also this, which I think is really interesting, there's this whole king of Salem mm. kind of title that he gets, this king of peace. I think it's peace, isn't it, that Salem yes, means? Yes, yeah? at Jerusalem. So that's 
some of the others, so Salem, Jerusalem. Right, but but that whole idea of Jesus being a king, which came up, I think, last week as we were talking about what are we learning about Jesus? Mm. What are we learning about the kingdom through these passages and this concept of Jesus? As a king seems to be coming up again. Yeah. Like, I mean, what kind of... I guess for me... There were some things um, that I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And I just wondered what you thought about that whole Jesus being a king in this. Like, what's that about? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I mean, we've been having some thoughts again, and we touched on it last week, about the the, the fullness of the gospel, understanding Mm -hmm. the, the fullness of the gospel. And, you know, part of it is that the the whole kind of repentance uh, and uh, Jesus dying on the cross for us, mm-hmm. saving our sins, atoning for sins, yeah. and bringing us back into right relationship yeah. with the Father. Yeah. And so absolutely that's key. And that's kind of what the priest does, right? So that's what the priest does, yeah. right? But there's also the kingdom, which we in the vineyard <clears throat> talk a lot about. And it's kind of one and the same, but for the purposes of this, let's kind of spit them out slightly. Yeah, sure. Um, where we, you know, we say that Jesus came to bring the kingdom. Mm. So if he's bringing the kingdom, that implies that there's a king. Yeah. And so I think one of the reasons why the writer in Hebrews is like, you know, Jesus and and why he uses the example of Melchizedek, Mm. who very much is brought as this kind of, you know, figure that has no beginning, no end, no genealogy. He's even a man. I mean, well, some some of them think that he might be an angel, right. but you know we don't really know. Some yeah. people think he was talking about the actual Jerusalem, um, because he's the king of Jerusalem, or wow. is it the heavenly Jerusalem wow. in the at the he end. He certainly seems almost like just as much symbolic as he is a real person. Yes, yeah, and the point of it is that he didn't come through the traditional means. Yeah. So Jesus not coming from the line of Aaron, yeah. not coming from that Levi- the Levitical Levitical. It's hard to say line. Um, you know, this is yeah. The, sure. He's he's kind of making that comparison, um, and so we've got you know we've got Jesus is the priest. He has done that. He can be the mediator for us. You know, I think John touched touched on that mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago talking about that mediation. Mm-hmm. He does it, but he is also the king. Mm. He's the king of of all. He's the king of creation. He's yeah. the king, and so. In being the king, he's bringing his kingdom. Yeah. What is that kingdom? Yeah. Well, you know, in Luke 4, yeah. Jesus stands up and he says, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor, mm. to bind up the brokenhearted, mm. to, you know, and so the bringing of that kingdom mm. and him atoning for our sins, I think that's what the writer is, is pointing out, is trying to encourage. Yeah. And yeah. Hey, you know, one of the things that, um, that really jumped out to me around this whole idea of king mm. was um, was this little account that we get right at the beginning of the passage about Abraham giving uh, Melchizedek a tenth of everything he had. Yes. <clears throat> and, it, and it really made me think of um, the, the pictures in throughout the Old Testament of the ancient Jewish kings uh, when they became king, having people come and bring them mm-hmm. offerings from all around mm-hmm. their kingdom yeah. and even abroad. Yeah. So, you know, we've got, is it the Queen of Sheba, I think, coming yeah. to Solomon um, yeah. and bringing a whole bunch of gifts. And it got me thinking, uh, like, that's really interesting. 
um, sort of custom, mm. um, and and that there was something really symbolic about bringing a gift to a king, especially when he's newly installed. Yeah, um, I think I you know I wonder if it isn't partly that recognition, isn't it? I I think that kind of um, uh, recognizing the greater one. Yeah. In the room. Yeah. And so, you know, um, even Queen Sheba was recognizing the Solomon's greatness greatness and wisdom and and that he had. But, um, you know, and it kind of says here in the passage in Abraham bringing that tenth, he he recognized that there was something greater about Melchizedek. I mean, you know, just as a side thought, I'm like, that's interesting in terms of how we think about our tithes. Yeah. And our giving, isn't yeah. it? So I think sometimes we And why we give them. Yeah. Actually that I mean I mean that's really interesting, yeah. even just thinking about that now, because you know, seeing it as an as we bring them, it's not only an offering, but actually it's an acknowledging yeah. of sort of someone greater than us. And to add to that, I mean there's this dynamic clearly that happens that although Abraham gives to Melchizedek Melchizedek blesses Abraham mm. and only the person who's greater can bless the lesser yeah. um, and, and I love it it says you know uh, that was verse 6 yeah, he collected the tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises so as great as Abraham was who had the promises yes. Melchizedek was even greater yeah. and could bless Abraham and that to me again says when we bring our offering when we bring our acknowledgement of God as king Jesus as king he blesses us and I think, you know, to receive that blessing as we tithe, as we give a portion, is our right, our, our kind of our invitation, if you like, to receive the blessing from the person who's greater. Um, it's a slightly different take on tithing I, I, think it's pretty I hadn't cool. really thought about before. So Now, like, we're, I'm conscious of time and we yep. don't want to go. I think one of the things um, I'd really love to kind of hear was what particularly you felt like maybe the Lord was stirring for us as a community or even just in you personally yeah. as you kind of what have been the take homes things take home things for you what do you feel like the Lord's been placing on your heart you know I think um I think what I've really appreciated just in looking through this is the whole reminder of the kingdom of God you know we in the vineyard are we really believe that that's the foundation mm. of our faith is is understanding the theology of the kingdom that when Jesus came as king he came to inaugurate which is a big word but basically start mm. <laughs> the the reign of his kingdom yeah. in a very different way and you know we live in this time where it's kind of He's, his reign has come, but it's not yet complete. And so we live in this kind of in-between time of two kingdoms. And um, I think as I was reading through this, I was, I was just reminded of us being kingdom people and that we want to mm. hold on to that. Yeah. And that, um, you know, again, um, God has been weaving this story since the beginning of time and and I think every time we look in the New Testament and it links back to the Old Testament that's what it reminds us right mm. it reminds us the story has been written for centuries and centuries and generations and generations um, 
and so this kind of coming of this king and you know i guess you were reflecting last week on mm. um you know is have you given your allegiance mm. to yeah. the king have you given yeah. yourself over to the king what did you say yes to what did you say yes yeah. to and i guess this this week i just felt reminded um you know as we've kind of said yes to the king are we actually stepping into the kingdom mm. are we actually stepping fully into this mm. this kingdom that is um beyond you know it's not a human kingdom no. it's not man-made it's not a uh, man inaugurated it's all god inaugurated yeah. um and yeah so yeah. what about you yeah look i i think personally i think maybe there's been a challenge for me in like i said to you this image of of subjects coming to the king and bringing a gift mm. and i think the question i felt the lord asking me a bit is what are you what are you bringing mm. you know what 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 is the gift that you're bringing yeah and and i think in some ways those gifts they signify the thing that um he as the king should have reign over mm. and uh so for me personally the challenge i think i've I felt the Lord saying is what are, are those things that you have been reticent to bring to mm. me and now it's time to bring them as a gift mm. you know because it, although they are we bring the gift out of a sense of grateful thankful hearts we also bring the gift out of sense of you your reign is complete and absolute mm. and therefore there should be nothing that I hold back from you yeah um, and it's a joy to have everything have Jesus mm. over everything but sometimes we don't do we we kind of want to go yeah you can have all of this but i'm just going to be the king of this part yeah and jesus is like you're not the king so i i i guess that personally for me it's been a question of what will i bring him yeah yeah and i think um i think for me more personally i think it's been this reminder of um I I just think this kingdom picture and this king he's a king who saved us. Mm-hmm. Um and this I you know this whole um the kingdom that I'm inviting people into or the mm-hmm. king that I'm inviting people to meet. Um and and just sometimes very easily losing sight of Jesus as king we can kind of go yep he's priest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he saved he's my sins. Sorts my sins out. Yeah, you know, I'm forgiven. Yeah, yeah I'm all that. but actually this sense of who am i worshiping mm. who has ultimate say who dictates how i behave yeah. who you know molds and shapes me i think it's just been that reminder um you know that's also what we say yes yeah. to yeah well we hope that's been helpful today folks um we just yeah we we were very conscious of taking some time now just to mm. allow the lord to speak to you and to pray together um mm. and and let those words of that song that we sang earlier all hail king mm. jesus just resonate in our hearts as we bring that bring ourselves to him this morning mm. so um bless you and we we're just going to bring bring this time to a close and invite him to come and meet us now but we also just want to say that you know continue those conversations yeah. in your life groups with your friends um you know if there's something that's jumped out something that you kind of feel oh that wasn't really answered great go go and have a chat with someone look into it great commentaries around so 
We just want to encourage you to do that too.